When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Tony Haggerty, Darren Cooney and Graham Young to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today, reaction to Celtic's win at Easter Road that keeps the treble treble on. The Brendan Rodgers Moussa Dembele turnaround, should Neil Lennon be given the job full time and a wee look ahead to the Aberdeen clash at the weekend. Uh, first of all, Celtic into the another Scottish Cup semi-final. Um, win over Hibs at Easter Road, finally a win over Hibs at Easter Road, was it the first in a few years? Um, obviously, main thing to look at is that I think the main thing for Celtic over those two games, Neil Lennon coming in was just to win both of them. But we can you can see already maybe some of the changes that Neil Lennon is maybe going to bring in in terms of style of play into that after the the Hearts game certainly. And is there, is there a bit more tempo to the Celtic team? Uh, Tony, we'll come to you first. And Lennon said they were a bit passive in their passing, which kind of implies that he was going to you know employ a more direct style. Have you, have you, you certainly seen saw any the of that? second half against Hibs? There was a the up to tempo, and it was a bit sharper and crisper, you know, and the opening goal. At Tynecastle the other night was quick fire, three passes, bangs in the net. You know what I mean? I think that's the way. Ideally, most managers like to play like that. You know, with pace and penetration. But yeah, I mean, I think the second half they they really upped the tempo, and and it was no surprise that they got the win in the end with two cracking goals. You know, and and as you touched on there, I think Neil Lennon deserves a, a lot of credit for those two wins alone. You know, because he came in at the beginning of a difficult week and just steered that ship because most people were thinking that at least one of those two games Celtic could have lost you know okay maybe fortuitous to grab a last minute win at Tynecastle but they still kept going to the end or still pushing for the win and they got the reward so he deserves an enormous bit of credit and maybe now he'll just sit back and breathe and relax and work on his style and the way he wants to get them to play in the, in the next games that are left for the rest of the season Have you noticed any differences in Celtic in these two games Graham? Yes, I think the second half, as Tony alluded to there, there was less of the short passing out for the back. Some of it in the first half as well. Bain was happy to take the ball into feet uh, when there wasn't uh, McNulty wasn't pressing high. Canberra was a bit deeper, but for most of the game there was a lot more direct balls uh, up the park. Burt was and Edward were both dropping into uh, centre circle challenging, but that, that's probably the main difference early on. It's got to be a lesson if you can see yourself for the game against Hearts. That was obviously. A uh, slight ball by Bain, higher into the tackle, and I think that's something Lennon's obviously got to look to avoid. That's I think that's still a him mm-hmm. scare him that was Barcelona. Is I think he wants to eradicate that tippy tappy stuff and go nowhere, and you know that as Rogers called it that recycling stuff, you know. But I think there'll be a a lot more direct under Lennon. To be fair, mm-hmm. just my, my thoughts as Graham said, just notes and those based on those two games alone. Yeah. You know, because they came a cropper in the Hearts game with that kind of uh-huh. knocking it around in dangerous areas. 
Oh, it, was very, it was very pointed. I mean, that was one of the first thing Lennon said in his post-match Hearts press conference mm -hmm. was about this passive passing yeah. and playing about the back. It's, it's like everything else, Darren. You don't want to just go in and obliterate everything that the man who'd won seven out of seven trophies has previously done. But it's clear that Lennon's not a fan of that. No, and it, for him to say it publicly, you know, as I say, I, one of the first yeah. things to come out with, it was quite marked, I, I think. I, I think it was a marked response to the Celtic fans who were probably getting a bit fed up with it. Yeah. And probably that, not reading between the lines, it was kind of... Right, I'm not going to play like that, you know, going forward. But this is what the guys have been taught for the past two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So gradually, it will be getting knocked out of them. Yeah. yeah, you know. So I think he was just sort of saying, "Look, yeah. they won't do this moving forward." But these guys are programmed to yeah. play like that just now. Kind of just switch that. You know, off. we came no, we came a cropper, and they, yeah. and they did come a cropper because nonsensical ball played by. To Ayer. Ben's quite comfortable a ball at his feet. He, mm -hmm. He's one of the few goalkeepers that are, but there's a time and a place. But as you, you know? say, Tony, they were indoctrinated into this way. Yeah, yeah you know, it's, it was never take a pass if it's on. It was just yeah. make sure you pass the ball. Yeah. Don't glitter it in a rosette. Sometimes yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, correct. And the one thing before under Rogers, not take it too much tactics corner here, but he liked the centre halves. They're fanning out wide, but that's not going to happen anymore. They're going to be further up the pitch. If anyone's going to take the ball, it'll be Tierney. Uh, a Lustig, Toyan, Brown, but not uh, the centre half for the back. Yeah. There is an old school about Neil Lennon in terms of see defenders. He wants defenders to defend. He wants me intercept, cross balls in the air with our head, and sweep away low balls with our feet. Mm -hmm. Work in finesse and style later if they have to, but first and foremost, he wants them. People have got positions for a reason. He wants them to be defenders, you know. And his dad's just alluded to there. Sometimes Roji, if a pass isn't on works you know yeah did he look a bit more solid at the back against Tibbs as a result because I mean you know a lot of times Celtic you, problems come from themselves at times so yeah, you're it... talking about defence that's only conceded to since mm -hmm. since the resumption after the winter break you know and one of them is dubious or controversial <laughs> to say the least you know uh -huh. and then the other one they've conceded is uh, they've shot themselves in the foot so defensively they were sound it is whatever's happening it, it was working so, you know, you have to say, but again, this is going back to what Dan said, that Matt comment, that he doesn't want to play that passing thing. So, a defence that was quite rigid anyway and was quite sturdy, yeah. it'll be interesting to see if they do concede more going forward. Mm -hmm. You know, because it was working, but I think slowly but surely he wants to knock that out of them. So, it will be, that'll be something that you can watch with interest to see how many goals they do concede. If they reject that passing style round the back which he, he clearly wants to yeah. and as well come just coming to I didn't think it was a certainly the first half I don't think it was a classic from either team but the two goals no Kilmarnock Motherwatch I was at was not a classic uh -huh. let me tell you uh -huh. that was dreadful um, the two goals in the second half Graham this yeah, first probably. especially Oh, the top draw. Yeah, Forrest, absolutely fantastic. And we were talking about earlier on about position how Lennon's putting his mark on the team. Forrest was playing in almost as a number 10 and he was able to find that half yard of space. That was a top finish. And Scott Brown, if you actually look back, Scott Brown's got a habit of this, of scoring goals and bunches throughout his career, where he kind of goes on purple patch. And, mm -hmm. and he, he really does look dangerous and now, breaking into the box. <laughs> it was some finish, honestly. Some games he looks like he's never scored a goal in his life. Do but you not think it's also, you know, you <coughs> can almost hear him say look I'm the captain here yes I need to drag this team over mm -hmm. the finishing line and I'm going to take 
action here. Uh, you know, he, there's maybe a yeah, bit of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're talking about someone who's played a captain's part, you know, he's rallied that team because he was Brendan Rodgers' go-to guy as well. You know, he's been the beating heart and fulcrum of that team for a number of years, you know. And he, again, he's in the running for the player of the year because whenever the chips seem to be down, Scott Brown always seems to produce, whether it's a tackle, an incident, now starting to score goals, which has never been a big part of his game, but he is the driving force behind that team in every which way but loose, you know. And uh, the goal at Kilmarnock, you saw the celebrations again at Hibs, give them that cushion. The ties won after that second goal goes in, you know. And also touching on Forrest, Forrest was the one who was slacking, not slacking, but was losing at a bit, you know, had, had dropped his form, you know, but two and two. You know, again, a response from someone like Forrest, who after he scored his hat trick for Scotland, mm-hmm. just seemed to nosedive, kind of hit a wee kind of Sinclair dipping for him, the way Scott Sinclair used to do, and Forrest was that player. But now again, confidence will be back up. It must to, have been hard for him, goals. though, mustn't it? I mean, if you do that, if you score those number of goals, oh, yeah. four against St. Johnson, oh, yeah, yeah, Scotland yeah, yeah. hat trick, yeah, yeah. how can you possibly keep that oh, going? No, you can't keep that going, but I'm just saying it's it yeah. noticeable. That his his uh, standards had dipped. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying he's no. been rank rotten or anything, but you know, by his high standards, yeah. he he performed below par in the past few weeks. But that will give him another lift, you know, and two cracking goals. And then all a lot of it was missed. His goal against Hearts was the Ollie Burke setup. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You know, going at that speed, the old Ollie Burke would have got that trapped in between his feet. <laughs> Or he would have fluffed the shot, but I mean, he's running at breakneck speed and he's played his teammate and with a tap in, you know. Mm-hmm. Just someone who's actually shown a bit of awareness and looks to be learning, you know. So going forward, Celtic are quite a potent force, you know, which is yeah. why they they do. They can go right to the end and can score goals because they've got a, 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 an abundance of players that can score mm-hmm. in, in, in the last third yeah. and create. And those two goals were the the obvious highlight of the game, but I suppose we can't uh, finish talking about it without going to the very other end of the spectrum. Obviously, there's been a lot to be kind of embarrassed about in Scottish football recently. We had, you know, it all seemed to kick off with the Chris Boyd's coin incident. He was getting the sectarian abuse, then Steve Clark gets at Ibrooks, um, among other things. And then now we've got the bottler Buckfast or Bucks Fizz, as it was called, oh, okay. uh, is flung at Scott Sinclair. Is this is that the worst yet? Do you think, Darren? Is that is that yeah. the worst you've seen? Yeah, I, I'm, just because the the sheer weight of the the object, you know, I mean that reluctant to grade things as if you know one's worse than the other and that's nothing. And but this is they're all dangerous and they're all mm-hmm. unacceptable. But something of that weight hit you that that could cause serious damage coming from that distance. And, that you know, hate. and as Keith Jackson wrote about in his column this morning. And other people has, have commented on what were the stewards doing? What were the police yeah, doing? Yeah. They're all just sitting watching the thing. They should have, you know, the referees should have called a halt to the game. They should have been in those stands and dragging the, the perpetrator out, to be honest. Steve Clark used two words when he was condemning Rangers supporters per se, but Dark Ages said, these things belong in the Dark Ages. It's for, nearly 40 years since a criminal act, it became a criminal act. You know, it had to be a, a law passed in Parliament to stop drink being brought into a football ground yeah. because of the 1980 Scottish Cup final. And f- 
for those out there that, that remember those scenes, terrible. Just something you don't want to see in, in any shape or form, a return to that kind of thing. That that hits a player or anybody in the ground for that matter if it's thrown from distance. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing some serious damage. You know, and you only need to look at the footage from that cup final to show you that Scotland just went never again. And you don't want a return to that kind of thing. You know, people are talking about oh, it's time to maybe relax drinking laws and uh, well, silence those calls. Uh, now, uh, isn't it? You know, you, you have just you have just you know stopped that in one fell swoop because football supporters have proved time and time again they can't be trusted. Yeah, that's you small, know a small number. a small a small minority can't be trusted, and that small minority has ruined it for everybody. You know, because I'm sure that people would like to have a drink inside the ground, mm-hmm, but if you can't steward and police something like that. When people are bringing in half bottles of of spirits mm-hmm. and wine, or, you know, call it what you like, but if that hits you at full force, you know, and what's it going to take? Somebody getting hit by an object I like agree that, with that. For, yeah. to be reactive rather than proactive. I think as well the danger is for the type of people that would commit acts like this is you're raising the bar constantly. Like so, if someone gets away with throwing a coin, bottles, you, you never know what's yeah. next. And they don't not try to be. Spread fear or anything, but it opens up that type of behaviour unless it's cut yeah, out now. Yeah, right? you look at it, Graham, it's been coins, bottles, chairs, you know, in that kind of order. Mm-hmm. The, the chronology over the weekend, right? I mean, what, what's going on? Who, who goes to a football match and decides, you know, well, we know what kind of people go, but, you know, that that's premeditated. That's Someone's not going to watch the game. They're going to cause trouble, you know, and Dan said what are the stewards doing surely we can be better at policing it than this surely we can identify these people and just say you're no longer welcome because you're dragging us back to an age where we thought was gone Mm -hmm. in our game you know and it's it's a shame and and it's sad that we have to take up minutes on this talking about something like that it really is shameful and it's just it's as well it seems to have I don't know if is this kind of historically is it the same but it seems like sometimes like you get one incident and then that seems to then be followed by because it probably several normal, more because it's normalised yeah. doesn't it one one thing just normalises the next and it just becomes almost like an epidemic and mm-hmm. culturally accepted even though it's not I think one thing that should be noted is there has over time, certain times when it's not in vogue as well, there is coins later thrown on pit, and it doesn't quite garner the same headlines because sometimes it just picks up such steam yeah, at times like this. Yeah. But, there is, but, but overall, there's there's definitely definitely a, a host th- incidents happening there now. I think this season we've had an all-time low. Yeah, I there's been that. isolated incidents. I think you can pick them kick, pick them out. Going back, you know, there was an incident with Fernando Ricks at Celtic Park where later wasn't there things like that, and mm. you know people made news of it at the time but it's just the fact that there's been a spate this season you know and it, and it doesn't seem like ending sadly you know and you know we, uh, we have to get a grip on it pronto I believe and and how do we do that well what what sanctions would you y- you know y- you've got cameras here surely surely these people can be identified and see if they can be identified they're just no welcome back at yeah. any ground strict liability would you go for well it? Strict liability, they won't vote for. But I mean, it's going to have to. They're going to have to put that on the agenda. Because see, the only thing that will stop this and eradicate it is a points deduction 
Nevermind stadium or stand closures, it's point deductions. You imagine winning an important game and then getting the points deducted because your fans can't behave properly. Mm. But then that leads to, oh, you've got other sorts of fans infiltrating to try and get you into bother, that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. again, that's another thing. That, but there has to be some kind of strict liability on the, the agenda now because it's happening too often yeah. and clubs are washing their hands of it, you know? But I think the government... Well, Maybe the ones that are starting to apply a bit of pressure now. Feels a bit of a sea change in recent days. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It might not be a case of turkeys voting for Christmas. Those turkeys will be told to vote for well, Christmas. Well, do you know or what? Funding I, will be withdrawn and all these kind of. Do you know what? I think I think decent-minded football fans will welcome that because they are sick of it. Yeah. You know, and it's happening every other week. You know, and I I don't know about you, but I'm sick of it. It's actually quite interesting. I was reading some stuff about strict liability, and in Italy, apparently, it's not necessarily. So, if something goes wrong at San Siro, the club won't necessarily be penalised with uh, strict liability uh, sanctions if they have shown to have done everything possible. To so it's basically not their fault. So, just Mm -hmm. because some guy does one thing, doesn't mean to say that club will be hit with various yep. charges mm-hmm. you know so I, I also think that you maybe have the kind of three strikes and you're out type thing yeah. you know I think the first ones are fine eh? second ones are stayed, uh, closure of a stand or yeah. the stadium and then if you're repeat offenders it, it becomes a point you know because I just think the spectre and threat of that hanging over you with strict liability would, would stop it Aye. you know but if you if you turn out to be repeat offenders then you, you reap what you sow. Yeah. yeah. Do you think with those kind of that kind of threat of points deductions and all that hanging over a club, will that would that encourage a bit of self policing within supports? Absolutely, you know, because yeah. of course it would. Yeah. You know, if you're going to do damage to your club by being idiotic enough to throw things or you know sing songs of hate or song unacceptable songs, you know, then of course it would. I mean, you it would have to it would have to be an element of self policing there. You know. There is an element of self-policing just now, but, you know, there are just idiots out there mm-hmm. who are hell-bent on destroying it as a spectacle. Don't know why or, or what their, M, their MO is in that sense, but they're not doing MD any good. You know, and they're not welcome at football grounds, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, we were sitting here seven days ago and Brendan Rodgers was still the Celtic manager. He was still very <laughs> much a god. At Parkhead, <laughs> fast forward seven days, and now here we are. Brendan is now the Leicester City manager. He's absolutely not welcome at Parkhead, even though he seems to be the only one who's not quite realised <laughs> that himself. Uh, and then obviously he's had the his Leicester debut uh, at the weekend there, last gasp defeat to Watford. Um, I mean that couldn't have gone any better from a Celtic fan Celtic fans point of view, could have. No, I think first Celtic they were obviously all eyes on Vicky Ditch Road yesterday. Rogers was looked quite upbeat at times. The usual you would probably could have been just transformed for his days at Parkhead, smiling, waving, everything looked good. And then the last minute, obviously the goal goes in. I think for Celtic, I don't think they'll be watching every second, every lesser game, but I think they'll be quietly happy with the the way the game finished yesterday. And rightly so, I think. <laughs> I think they were <laughs> let down badly by Rogers uh, just in the last few days away. It ended a guy who obviously they admired so much. Uh, so I don't think there's much love lost over that anyway. 
I think there's a calm one, a Carlsberg football moment for yes. Celtic supporters, you know, yeah. at the weekend there with a last-minute goal going in and the various other things happened like the, the Tannoy announcer Indeed. playing just can't get enough at uh-huh. the end and rubbing it in and Watford tweeting, you know, welcome to our new sets of supporters north of the border and stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. So it, there clearly is, it, there's, there's a disconnect stroke hate relationship now with the Celtic supporters and Brendan Rodgers you know they just they've just distanced themselves from but I was making a point off air damn man, that I think a lot of Celtic supporters have fallen out with themselves as well over this because this guy was the Pied Piper they would have done anything he could have led them off the Kingston Bridge and they wouldn't have asked any questions why you know they just they just couldn't entertain the notion that he wasn't here for 10 in a row and Brendan himself fueled that with putting the two hands up gestures and telling everybody he was in his dream job and he's never been happier in football, you know, and, and I think the Celtic fans bought into it and just, if you said anything to the contrary, then they just weren't willing to accept it. And now the timing of it, you know, that he's left them with you know, on the verge of a treble, treble, and he left them with, like, what, 11 games to go in the league, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a difficult, difficult time. They just found it really hard to get their head around that, and you know, and, and I think a lot of them, the anger will subside, so will the hurt. But the minute it's knee-jerk and it's quite venomous, and some of it's quite hurtful and spiteful. But I think Brendan has to be a wee bit more self-aware as well. <laughs> just think that he'd be welcome back, you know, within the next decade. You know, people remember. You know, yeah. football fans are elephants; they don't forget. And you'd like to think that there might be a kind of mellowing of a Celtic fan's attitude towards them in a decade's time, but I wouldn't be so sure. Ah, I mean, it's the five stages of grief, isn't it, really? Yeah. You know, you're talking about there was this anger and and perhaps they feel duped, etc. But has there been acceptance over Morris Johnson? No. Oh, certainly you still not. Oh, yeah. people, so do you think it'll, it might subside for some? Yeah. I but think the hardliners will never forgive yeah. I hardliners won't forgive. I think the comparisons with Morris Johnston are a bit. Well, it's been. You know, a lot, I think there was a lack of honesty, perhaps, in terms of. I think if Rogers being penned a letter, just talking about how much the club. Yeah. Obviously, that was the whole point. He was telling them how much the club meant him and he's still left. But there was just a lack of. For the pre arranged, the Leicester video on the, the Tuesday yeah. night, it was very scripted. Yeah. The way he spoke at the press conference, it was a lack of, I think, acceptance. And I know he's obviously going to try and put a positive spin on it and talk about coming back. And I can't believe some of, obviously, some of the comments after he left were totally out of order. The video was horrific as well. Yeah. But just, I think Celtic fans were owed a little bit more for Rodgers, I think. Just understand the situation oh, they were I, in. I, I, yeah. I, think, I think in the two and a half years, then, you know, the. The platitudes that he gave them, then I think they're thinking, well, you lied to us. Uh-huh. You just told us nothing other than barefaced lies. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's one thing football supporters can't stand, it's liars, you know? Yeah, so but, I mean, we shouldn't conflate some idiots in a pub singing those reprehensible oh, words yeah. with just not. an out. You can be angry, yeah. Yeah. that's yeah, understandable, yeah, that's, it's, that's it's fine. An insult is fine, but not, not that. football, yeah. people move on. Uh-huh. But the Celtic supporters loved this guy and they invested in him they had the, they so had his much. Back. That yeah, was the yeah, thing they, over the board, and everyone else. And he could do no wrong, and he could say no wrong. Because as he, as he kept telling them, he was one of them, he understood them. He had their best interests at heart. And I think Stan says, you know, being duped and, you know, you can't conflate it with guys singing terrible songs towards him. But even right-minded people felt 
totally and utterly angry and hurt, you know, and betrayed by the fact that he chose to walk away mid-season, you know. And I think if if all being equal in an ideal world, he would have stayed to the end and seen the campaign out, this campaign, you know. And I think I think a lot of them can't, you know, forgive him for that. And as yeah. you say, they'll remember it for a long, long time. Do Do we believe him when he said Leicester wanted him there now? They're then sorry, and they wouldn't wait. I mean, it's, it's I, I, again, it's going back to: Do you then believe everything that you said in the past two and a half years? Yeah. You know, and the Celtic fans will certainly. Danny McGrain story. He will. That's uh-huh. yeah, which was shot down by the man himself. You know, so who who do you believe? Uh-huh. You know, so there's many things, and you can't come out and say the man's a liar. We're not saying that, but. I think a lot of the fans are questioning his motives and questioning the things he said yeah. and picking holes in it. Yeah, we don't want the lawyers in. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Uh, he's already speaking about Celtic very much the way he spoke about things in the past. It's always a great quality. It's, it's niceties, it's platitudes. He doesn't, there's no, the, the things that maybe impressed Celtic fans when he was in charge, I think they felt he was just part of the fabric of the club. He was Celtic's part of DNA, but now it's very much Celtic are very part of the Brendan Rodgers journey. Yeah. It's not just a part of his yeah. story. It's not yeah. Celtic and Rodgers weren't on an equal footing in his eyes. I think that's for the words and video yeah. stuff I that's mean, came out in the last few days. Yeah. 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 What's came out is Rodgers was in it for Brendan Rodgers. You know what I mean? So, and the brand, the Rodgers brand, call it what you like, you know. So he was looking after himself, you know, and. I think somebody said as well that Celtic was a box that he wanted to tick and he's journey, call it what you like, his managerial career. So he, and he's done that. Whether he returns remains to be seen. Yeah. Well, you could judging by yes, I well, thought well, Wesley well, were terrible yesterday. I think he's got a lot of work to do there. I think he's on the well, back foot. Well, I think he's been a decade on that one. Yeah, yeah, do you think he'll last less than Harry Maguire had the ball so often, so this is his. Pa- the, like, that would be the equivalent. Not Harry Maguire, exactly, is it? It's no. not. Right, There's a lot. Right. I kind of they tried the free fights or a kind of variation of that yesterday. I thought they were really, really poor. <laughs> and I know everyone bigs up the Premier League, and but I think there's a lot of work to be done there. And you're managing a team as we all know, won the Premier League, so it's not as if he's taking the job at Everton. Or, mm. I know that with Liverpool rival. There's a real pressure on him moving forward. I did like Gary Lineker's tweet, who said if we're going by the general rule that managers lose six games they're sacked then Brendan has five games to save his job yeah. <laughs> I know that's, that that he's, you know, he's joking there but I mean there is a well, 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 yeah, yeah, that's the danger of taking the job early because uh-huh. if you come in summer you can breeze in pre-season mm-hmm. everything's going your way you've Get probably your identified your target in, but, yeah. and yeah. the, by the, the time the summer gets here yeah. he could be under pressure that's already I think, yeah. honestly it's a massive gamble among, because among the dark humour there there's oh it's a salient point and because he was brought in now apparently because there was a worry about them going down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. is he going to be the man that takes them? Probably not. They're probably going to be okay. <laughs> but I can imagine a few voodoo dolls getting oh, pinned yeah, as he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Genies and lamps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one, one person who's actually come out of this whole saga um, with a reputation completely rebuilt is, well, well, we'll decide that perhaps, but I think in the eyes of some people, his reputation has been rebuilt as Musa Dembele. Uh, he was obviously the villain of the summer transfer window. Kind of, you know, there was that whole row uh, on deadline day. Um, a lot of social media, indirect social media posts. Who well, obviously everybody knew they were directed at Brendan Rodgers. Um, cryptic's the word we use. Cryptic, yeah, yeah. Crypt, yeah. Musa Dembele post cryptic tweet. Yeah. Um, 
So is 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 the social Dembele, media message actually? Uh-huh, <laughs> social media message, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> so is has Dembele been has he been vindicated in this whole saga or is he still certainly Dembele you know? would like to think yeah. so you know what I mean there are, there are two sides to every story you know and, and <laughs> bearing in mind the Celtic fans feeling towards Rodgers right now so mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really matter what uh, Rodgers is saying they're now willing to accept Dembele's version of events or his cryptic version of it drip feeding and one day that'll come out about what happened and what was said, you know, because I'm sure he wants to, you know, he'll, he'll certainly give it both barrels. But yeah, as you see, he, he's come out of it actually looking okay now. And if you're asking which two of them would return they tomorrow, then they would that. take Musa Dembele yeah, back in yeah. a heartbeat. And I think Musa's no daft. I think Musa's probably thinking a few years down the line, it's somewhere he might like to return and, you know, for a swan song, you know, so he's thinking long term as well. Mm-hmm. You know, cause, uh, obviously got his move to Leon, big money moving. He's doing doing very well, but you know, next stop for him maybe the English Premiership or somewhere else in Europe. But you know, you never burn bridges. Well, I was just laughing there. I can imagine the Muhammad Ali quotes he was using. That was saved in drafts for a good few months, <laughs> ready to get that straight yeah. out after yeah. he was waiting exactly, for that one. Yeah. Uh, no, it's perfect timing for him. He obviously. Course. Just to get his version of events out as well. Uh, but I think if it was anyone who's got any um, grievances against Roger, it was the perfect time to kind of hear them because aye. whatever you say. He wasn't though, slow with it either, was no, he? No, no, he was ready. Enough. Correct. And, and then think, because he knew he'd caught a moment in time. So he knew they would all jump on his bandwagon. And, you know, his tweets were littered with, come back, you can come back now. That kind mm-hmm. of all thing. Forgiven, you know? Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. So, you know, I, I think there's a clever. A clever person in Musa there, you know what I mean? He's he's quite shrewdy, mm-hmm. you know. So, and I dare say further down the line, he he might well return. Yeah. But we, so, sorry, Liam. I was mm-hmm. just going to say maybe it's kind of we we very much polarise things in the media. Uh, Brendan Rogers was right in the summer. Musa Dembele was a bad guy, mm-hmm. and we do this as fans as well, yeah. right? And now it's flipped, but maybe as ever the truth can be found somewhere in the middle. Ah, it's a blood yeah, line. It's bloodline, isn't it? Yeah. Dembele said, I was promised X, Y, Z. I was promised I could go. Uh, there were suggestions that he'd been told he could go to Leicester a year ago. There was the China thing. There was a Brighton thing. Rogers, on the other hand, furiously denied this and said, look, I never promised him anything. So maybe maybe somewhere in between. Yeah. Maybe they're both speaking truth and, you know. And also as well, as we saw recently, Steve Clark apologised to one of our boys. Yeah. When he said he, he didn't get offered a Rangers job, and he clearly did. Mm-hmm. We wrote that, our man Craig Swan wrote that. So there is, you know, and I, and I guess he, and he said he, he, he said he had to lie just to sort of protect himself, and you know. So there's an element of that. I think the two of them have maybe been economical. The truth somewhere, and dances <laughs> just uh, somewhere in, yeah. in, in yeah. the middle, yeah. you know. And if you spin that line so much, it becomes a version of the truth, you know. But you touched on it there. The one who's come out looking better and all of this is Musa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we could just focus on Rogers' returning, potentially returning comments and kinda isolation. I mean, what does that what does that tell you about how he's you know, he's kinda understands what's went on here? Is it is this just like a just an absolute indication that he just he's just not quite grasped how it's delusional how big yeah. a betrayal it's this de- is. Delusional. 100%. He right, without trying to do any of this full psychology right uh, what's it psychobabble what, you know what I'm saying 
I just think he loves to be loved. He needs mm. to be loved. And he's seen this negative reaction. He's going, oh, jeez, oh, I don't understand this. I don't. Tell you what I'll do. I'll say I'll come back to that. I'll appease <laughs> them. And he's just, he's read it so badly wrong, I think. Could be, I, I could be I, wrong, but there's maybe something of that. I touched on it earlier. He's just self-awareness. Yeah. He has to be more self-aware. You know, he, but he's in the he, Brendan bubble, isn't he? No, correct. And he's left a, he's left a support in their eyes in the lurch. Just left them at the first sign of a job down south. Who and this was a guy who weeks previous, I'm happy. I'm on my dream job. Why do people keep saying I'm angling for a move? I'm not. You know, it always swerved the question about ten in a row. But never led the support to believe that he would not mm-hmm. be uh, here. That's why he paid that second deal yeah. to yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, through twenty twenty one. So that milestone. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah so that obviously you know, people believe. Of course, you know, so you know, to turn round and and I think they're kinda they're now picking holes and everything that he's saying now and you know, and I think fans are saying you you're now insulting with intelligence, Brendan. Mm-hmm. You know, you duped us for two and a half years and we bought it. We're now not buying anything that you're selling. Yeah. You know, and they've, they've reached that point where, where that love has now turned to anger, has turned to hate with a lot of them. You know, so anything he says, they'll just treat with utter disdain. But the fact that he thinks that he can just, as Dan said, appease them and tell them, I'll come back. You know, you're just like, no, don't, don't, just say nothing. It was a you really know, silly thing to say. You know, just yeah. if, you've, if that's the way you want to treat yeah. that support who idolised you, then you'd be the best to just say nothing. And irrespective of his success over the two and a half years, take someone like Ronnie Dyla, for instance, who was obviously quite clearly not good enough for the job, but he, ma- he owned the Rangers' defeat, carried on for the rest of the season, left in good terms. Uh, I thought he handled him re- really well after that. After that, and one of the worst defeats that obviously led to Rodgers coming. Compare that to Rodgers. Yeah. That comment about come back to your Celtic fans it could be a hundred years it doesn't matter that's gone That if you leave a team that you supposedly love in the works like that it's never yeah. there's n- the, no the, way back the, the love's gone yes. you know the love has basically evaporated overnight from one set and the other person can't see it they still think there's a chance to rekindle uh-huh. that you know that romance colour where you like but it's, it's, it's dead in the water well, that's getting dumped by text basically that's what it is <laughs> and then next day trying to get back together so yeah. you know yeah. So and and that's that's a hard bridge to, mm-hmm. to repair and build. Yeah, well, it certainly opened a door for Neil Lennon. I mean, you know, you've got to. I mean, he won't obviously come out and say it publicly, but he's obviously you're thinking he's probably he's got to want this job full time again. But they're eight points clear in the Premiership uh, in the Scottish Cup semi final. League Cup's already in the bag, obviously. Um, so should he be given the job full time? Would just winning the league from this position would that be enough, or would he need to would he need to win the the treble to be considered? I think the treble it's not overrated, but at this point now we're each season. There's got to be more to it than that. If Celtic lost semi final final thriller, that's always liable to happen. It could have happened to Brendan Rodgers this season, mm-hmm. but say he wins the next eight games when Lennon came in the first time he won his first 16 games as Celtic manager in the league so there's certain things it could it just depends on the results I know the treble's a dream that's keep the run going but that keeps the pressure going on for seasons the next two seasons moving forward while nine in a row ten in a row could be on the table I think there's more to it than the treble 
I think the way Celtic play over the next few weeks, the game against Rangers at home, Aberdeen as well, upcoming, I think there's more on the line than just winning trophy. As much as keeping the treble treble dream or winning it would mean yeah, so much. Yeah, I think that's spot on because usually when you follow uh, a manager as successful as Brendan Rodgers, you know, look at Davy Moyes at uh, Man United following Fergie, you're hiding to nothing. Uh, you've got to repeat that success or come close to or you're out. Neil Lennon won't be judged against Brendan Rodgers because Brendan Rodgers dead Celtic fans, so they'll never go, oh, his team's not as good as Brendan Rodgers. It's Lenny's There's here. Good there. In their eyes, mm-hmm. Lenny's here. He saved the day. So does he need to secure the treble? No, I'm not sure he does. I agree. I'm not sure he does. I, I think he's in a strong bargaining position. And in terms of job interviews, go if he secures the treble, it's going to be very hard to bump him, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. he'll have yeah, the will true. of the Celtic fans as well. You know, and going back to what Graham said, the way they play as well. So if he can secure the treble treble in the next, was it, 10, 13 games left or 12 games to to achieve that milestone, then, you know, how could you not give him the job? But again, if Celtic wanted, when Celtic have said that they wanted somebody to steer the ship, so it's not about the treble treble it's just to kind of steal the ship and you know get guaranteed a league title at least because cup games you know you're a bounce of the ball away from you know and and so that I think the treble treble isn't uppermost in their mind just win the title and then I'll take it for theirs but Celtic are also saying publicly that they asked a couple other guys to take the job you know (laughs) and uh you know, there's others supposedly in the frame because they are odds and the bookies are tumbling. Mm-hmm. So I think they are. They're closely monitoring what Lennon's doing, but I also think that they they do they maybe do want someone else to come in and take it once Lennon. It'd be remiss of them not to look yeah, around, course, wouldn't it? As yeah, you say. of course. Yeah. You know, and you know, there's been names bandied about <laughs> even Mourinho's it's been brand, bandied that about be because he called, oh, yeah. called him a giant. Yeah, because he called him a giant club. Now his odds are twenty to one. You know, you stuck a fiver on it, Tony. Do you? Uh, well, it's like my kind of odds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. So there is a lot of interesting people out there, uh-huh. and I still think that, in light of uh, the way Brendan left, it's still a highly coveted job in European football. Stroke world football. I yeah. think with Celtic, you know, when the job comes up, you're always going to get that, say, a Brendan Rodgers style candidate who the timing's right, but yeah. then you're also going to get those the stalking horses, basically. Guys like, no, no offence to Steve Clark, Dave Moyes, Paul Lambert, the names that will always be linked to the job. Slavin Bullock. Yeah, but, sorry, Slavin Bullock. Yeah. but sometimes a name will just Stuart come up. Stuart Baxter. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. always going to be, if, depending on the timing of the job, there might be just that right candidate who wouldn't be there. Otherwise, it might be just the perfect job. And a lot of managers down south are very much aware of shelf life. You don't get the time you used to, so it might appeal to someone completely left field as well. I mean, at this moment in time, do the groundswell of opinion is to give it to Neil Lennon permanently based on the two results that they've just had but again I think Celtic are taking their time as well don't want just a knee jerk yeah they don't you know. need to rush it no. yeah you know because no. you know they, but they, they do want someone who can come in and build to the possible Champions League qualifiers if they win the title I mean they're in a great position to win the title so most people are sort of saying well they're going to win eight in a row it's theirs to blow type thing you know but it can be blown you know, you've seen it before in the past, so 
it's not a certainty yet. So there's still a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's still a lot of work for Neil Lennon to do to prove he's also the man to take them forward after this season, and which is why I think Celtic will be, you know, cautious and be looking elsewhere. As Dan says, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Marco Rose, the Salzburg manager, is currently he's yeah. currently second favourite, and obviously we've seen up close how good his Salzburg team are. But is is that a realistic option? Do you think? Or is well, this a guy who wants to? It's only a realistic option if you ask the question and he says he's interested in coming. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, you have to ask the question. Two and a half years ago, if someone said to you, "Brendan Rodgers is going to be next manager of Celtic," you'd have laughed him out of the park. You know, so questions have to be asked and I don't think that because of what's happening now they've maybe not through a third party said look would you be interested what manager worth his salt would not be interested right so that's how bookies tend to get wind of these things that's how odds start to tumble because he started at 33 to 1 is that right Mm -hmm. so 33 so all of a sudden you come into 5 to 1 and I know it's just punters putting cash and maybe taking a flyer, but then maybe it's people somewhere who know something who said that this guy yeah. might be interested yeah. in it. He's yeah. an know? interesting guy. He's and he is an interesting guy, you know, and you see we've saw close up yes. what his team can do. And coming over here, I know they're in the last 16 of the Europa League and people are saying they're a better team than Celtic. That may well be. But here, coming here... It's also statements don't to, Eng- to England mm-hmm. to do what Rodgers did two years, two and a bit years. Yeah. And you could walk into a decent job down south. I, th- so I think that's a rather, crucial thing. Rather than quantum leap yeah. somewhere where you're not waving, you're drowning, and you, you become yesterday's man quickly. Yeah. No, you could come here, enhance your reputation even more as a decent coach. Mm-hmm. You could play the Champions League. A week. huge club as you well. Know, a huge really. club, you know, you've got and a lot going for it. Enhance that and do two stroke three years and then go down south where you could by that point you could probably get a top ten, top eight job in England. Mm-hmm. If, Maybe if the Leicester job. All falls into place. Yeah. You know? And also you have a chance if you come now of achieving a major piece of Scottish football history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the, the if Celtic do go on to win ten in a row, the person that leads them to that, you know, they're up there with the greats mm-hmm. of that club they're up there with Steen doesn't matter if they only contribute one one title if it's the one that matters if it's that magical 10 then they are a legend forever yeah. you know and see if you're a manager worth your salt you would actually think you would fancy that challenge and you would think you could yeah. do it yeah what what would appeal to the board as well is the fact that he's done it on a, a inferior budget uh-huh He's achieved that success, yeah, that European yeah. success. Not much inferior, though, is it? Oh, it's less. It's so the very fact it's million. less. It's what, how much? 17 million. Right. Play, what, 17 million less? Yeah, uh, the, the wage bill. The annual. difference. Yeah, in yeah, the, yeah, it's 17. Well, yeah. That's significant. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, he's got one year left in his contract. I've just looked it up. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know what is the buyout would be or anything like that. But, yeah. you know, it's, it may be uh-huh. appealing. But I think you're right, Tony, earlier on. It's Lennon's to lose because he's there. He knows the players. He knows the, it's he the, knows the market. Stuff, isn't straight, it? Yeah, you know? straight away. It's the, the Champions League, presu- uh, assuming that they win yeah. the league. Uh, it's getting the players in yeah, yeah. in time for the qualifiers because they're basically 
you know, uh, 30 seconds after the final whistle's gone on yeah. the final day of the season, isn't it? Correct. You're straight and, in. And you know fine well if he does the treble treble or he, he wins the title, the Celtic fans will want him in. Yeah. Too sweet, you know, so. And there's obviously, I mean, is that, I mean another thing that Lennon's got going in his favour is there's going to be a, seems like there's going to be a big turnover of players in the summer as well. There's a lot of guys who look as though they're possibly on, on the way out to then have to bring in a new, a, another new face in terms of manager. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit more. I think Lustig's the most interesting player out of the ones that are heading out of contract because if it is Lennon, he's the type of player that you notice it straight away. Replace Toyan uh, starting yeah. against him. He's a player that right. I know you maybe not got many years, but a one-year deal just to tide his by. They mm-hmm. might even buy a, a right back further on in the summer. But Lustig would definitely be needed at the start of Champions League qualifiers because slim pickings. I don't think Nelson's <laughs> quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does the style of play also suit Lustig? Because he's not yeah, been asked to get yeah, up hundred percent so much. I, I feel that as well. Is that a lot under but Rogers? Also, also, if you're doing yeah. your homework and you've approached another candidate, then they'll be also doing their homework and, you know, thinking, okay, I'm going there pre-season, I want to bring in him, him and him. So any new guy coming in would be, would be getting told yeah. what the kind of projected figures were, yeah. what they could spend, and he would present his list, say, well, if that's the case, can you guarantee me him, him and him off the bat straight away, Yeah, you know? The only interesting thing with Rosa, and this is some people have spoke, German football experts and guys that know Austrian football as well, uh, he's worked through this system his whole life, so it's Leipzig over to Salzburg, where it's director of football, players come to him, he's very much a coach, like in the traditional European sense, but it's... I don't know if Celtic are going to go down a director of football route. It doesn't. It's not been the way so far. So it would be a case where he'd very much coach the players, but maybe don't, I don't think he'd have maybe the say that Rogers had in the past of maybe scouting players. And Nobody will have the say that Rogers. No, had. you're yeah, not. There's no manager that will come in that will. What I want, I get. Uh-huh. You know, because they gave Rogers everything. You know, so and you know because they wanted to because at that moment in time. It, it seemed a sound investment, you know. But there is no no manager coming into Celtic will have that or wield that autonomy again. Well, Lennon not, tried not it. Lennon yeah. tried it, which and is then why he left, left the first yeah. time. Yeah, you know, and and came out and stated that. Yeah, yeah. So Lennon will know those parameters too. Mm-hmm. You know that he has to work within uh, with Peter Law. You know, so but again, Peter Law is quite an impressive person to somebody new. You know, and and Dermot and all these guys, Dermot Desmond and all the money men, they're they're impressive figures to a new candidate. Lennon, there's a familiarity with Lennon, so mm. he knows how it all works. Yep. Whether he would want to put himself through that again, That's and especially at um, one of the most. He will do uh, Tony, otherwise he wouldn't be there now. I don't well, think. one of the most pivotal season in the club's history. Uh, next season, when they would be potentially going for nine. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. Uh, I think Lennon would be a great international boss. I know it's likely uh, he'll take the Celtic job on, but I just think he's perfect for that. I, know, I probably wouldn't work that way for him just now, but his tactics, that's what he really specialises. I'm not saying he's bad at recruitment or anything like that, but for each individual game, I think that's maybe a road that he could go down one day. But I still think he has a favourite to get Being the Celtic a great job. Scotland boss, I think great, so. Yeah. I think he's, it, and it goes down to what I've said to you before and talked on here about guys like F.A. Ambrose, Adam Matthews, Charlie Grew. recruitment's been not too bad. I mean, when he came in the first no, time I don't he, think it's bad, but I just think he's made for he that. He bought the best of British, didn't he? Or tried to bring the best of British with Joe Ledley and you know Gary Hooper, guys like that who, you know, and then obviously. Wanyama was scouted, you know, but 
and, and brought them in and, and showed them on and they did very well Fraser Foster as well you know, but he really so. did specialise in those versatile players yeah, guys yeah, who can yeah. play multiple positions I think that's made for international football especially the modern yeah. game just finally quickly Aberdeen at the weekend can we get a consensus on this if Celtic win do you think that's the title all but in the bag if they get past get past this one they're knocking them down like skittles if they win they'll take another significant step and that'll be another hard game out the road you know that's the way you have to approach these now but these are the hardest ones to win mm-hmm. you know against an Aberdeen side who were terrific against Rangers she prob- on balance she'd probably have gone through uh, with the chances that they had so and they've came to Glasgow and won this season which they've been accused of in the past it's been lame ducks so Aberdeen are also coming with you know, a point to prove as well but it's a difficult one but yeah. I, I just think Celtic's it's just as much about Rangers now as well I mean yeah. they literally can't really afford another another slip up can't they I mean can you imagine they I mean conceivable they could go to Easter Roads which is the night before as well which exactly and then if they don't win and then Celtic beat Aberdeen then it's they're not going to be far off at that point are they conversely if Rangers win then the pendulum of pressure swings back again I think one thing that's interesting hard game is Lennon uh, versus McInnes Uh, Denny McInnes knows how to play Neil Lennon teams Uh, it was the case when he was manager first time around there was a big Scottish Cup win Uh, it was a year Aberdeen won the League Cup but came up short in the Scottish Cup but they were very good that day since then he's won a lot of games against them Aberdeen uh, against Hibs uh, I think two this season alone so it just shows you I think that's a battle that McInnes will I'm not saying he didn't think he could get the better of Rodgers but I definitely think he'll, uh-huh. he can uh, test, test his wits against Neil Lennon That's all from us this week we will be back next midweek and don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it's available And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks very much for listening.